With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering His Dark Materials. Book 3, The Amber Spyglass. Chapters 37 and 38. The Dunes and the Botanic Garden. In these chapters, Owen and I make a New Year's resolution to finish his dark materials. Look at that! One resolution down. 675,000 to go. Welcome to Unspoiled. Huzzah! <laughs> yes, we are finished. I was looking up in the feed, like when we started this, and I think it was like mid twenty fifteen. Good God! Sorry, everybody. It's been quite a saga. Yeah, uh, I am Owen. I'm Natasha, and I had never read this before, and you had. Yes, and um, we originally had our resolution was going to be to finish it before the end of 2017, but we did not make it in time. I mean, we were going to do it before Thanksgiving. We, we were, were going to do, do it, it before, so many times. We were going to do it before the uh, you know, the meetup at Universal. But, That's true, yeah. Uh, that None of that happened. So uh, here we are. Because it just wouldn't be unspoiled his dark materials if there wasn't a two-month gap between episodes, <laughs> which is the average. I and checked. those of you who have been asking for us to cover the book of dust i'd be down to cover it but i would need you all to understand that this is how it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a long time yeah, give us some time i would be more down to do the tv miniseries that is planned well that's planned it's not even out yet yeah exactly <laughs> so just so y'all know owen is very willing to commit to a uh, hypothetical thing that is not actually in well, place but it would be interesting to see if this can be done better. Yeah, I know? agree with that. Um, we'll, def- we'll definitely watch it if it comes out. But, uh, you know, if it's terrible, we would probably just be like, mm, yeah. So what did you think of these last two for this ending of this book? What did you think? It was all right. Um, <laughs> well, the really, <laughs> cool, endorsement. the really cool stuff happened before that. Okay. Know? And this is just kind of a winding down. I thought it was good. Um, you know, like I said, overall, this book is definitely better than the other two, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Yeah, I think it comes together pretty nice. And uh, it's sad. It affected me more than I thought it would. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. It took a little longer to get to me than I, like, it took long enough that I started to wonder, like, do I care about this? And then all at once I was just like, oh, this is super sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I get what you mean about the cool stuff happening before, but I like this in particular better than, like, the last few chapters where there have been a lot of events happening and a lot of, like, kind of um, wrapping up of plot points. For me, this ending is really mature, and I thought it was more than I expected when I first read it. Like, I just expected there to be a more of a, like, simple happy ending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's kind of what I expected. Um, So are you happy with, like, it not being happy? Yeah, I think so. I think it's more interesting that way. Yeah, I'd agree with that, I think. Um, And they cover their bases on why they really can't be together anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, Pretty well. Because I had this, not spoiled for me exactly, but I was looking over the spark notes for the last chapters Mm -hmm. just to, like, refresh my memory. And for some reason, spark notes thought that they found out that they couldn't be together in the last section of chapters. Uh, and I was right. like, did I dream? Did, <laughs> did I, how did I forget something like that? And I didn't, the, the spark notes people were wrong. So, so it's a good thing that I wasn't uh, recording a book report. I wasn't doing a book report on this because I would have gotten in trouble. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, a little bit of a hint that that's probably what part of it's about because everybody is so like shattered at having to tell Will and Lyra what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, there's more and there's more to it than that even because it turns out the reason that they can't be together is because the dust disappearing and flowing away was caused in part by people cutting all of these holes into different universes. Right. And there's this tiny little like edge of an abyss on the edge of every hole. And that sucks some of the dust out. And then the creation of one of those holes also creates a specter. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where they came from. Right. Because we didn't really know where they what came the from. What the hell the deal was with specters. Yeah. It'd be interesting to go back and re-listen to the show and see if we ever even, like, wondered about that or were just like, oh, yeah, no, Spectres, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that initially we thought they were just something that came from Chittagatze specifically. Right. And that they managed to just get into other worlds via the holes in all of the, you know, like, because Chittagatze has so many openings in it. Right. Um, Which is sort of like, because Chittagatze has so many holes in it, it is sort of where a lot of them came from. So that's not entirely wrong, but just we didn't know that the origin mattered at all. Um, So, yeah, it turns out that they, like, (laughs) um, Zephenia, the angel that comes and talks to them. But she doesn't come right away. No. I mean, I was just going to mention what, because Will was going to try and make a deal where, like, oh, well, we can keep one door open, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a little, they're, like, putting their heads together, because we didn't mention, their demons are the ones who are telling them this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're putting their heads together on this, maybe we could do this. And then a literal angel comes down and goes, nope. Nah. Yeah. She, like, and 
not only does she say nope, but he's in the middle of thinking, oh, well, we could keep the one door open and Lyra has to be the one that's like, well, no. And he remembers the land of the dead. Right. They have to keep that. There can only be one door left open and it has to be the one in the land of the dead so that people can, uh, their spirits can come back. Right. And so, yeah, they can't do it. Yeah. Um, I'd have done it anyway. I have to be honest, this frustrates me a little, because Zephania, the angel, when Will's like, well, if I have to cut back so that we can go back into our world, can't we, like, aren't we going to create another specter? And Zephania's like, we'll take care of the specter. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. And I was like, hey, if you could just do that, then maybe just do that. Yeah, maybe you could just do that for 80 years, give them, like... Give give them an angel, you know, on loan once a year for eighty years. Yeah, even once every five years. You yeah. know, it takes ten years for his dad to get sick, and his dad is like older. Yeah. So that ticks me off a little bit that nobody seems to be like, "Oh, you will? How?" Yeah, that's the one thing where I'm like, mm. but as we find out later, the other reason why they're not letting them like try and do any of this is because they have to go about their work in the world mm-hmm. without distractions. And so, because also they're like, um, so, okay, you have to close the holes made by the knife, but what about all the other holes that you said are just there for other reasons? Like, did those have to be closed? And she's like, uh, no, but we're not going to tell you where they are because then you would look for them. Well, she says they don't have to be closed, but we are closing them. Right. Because that otherwise you would just spend your whole life looking for them. So know that there will not be any left. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Angel's got to be shitty, man. I mean, the thing is, like, I guess one could say, well, sure, an angel can take care of a specter, but just expecting angels to swoop down and fix it every five years so that you can see, like, live with each other is very presumptuous. But I'm like, yo, they just did, like, an enormous thing here. Yeah, can they, they get, like, a, a periodic reward a little bit? But yeah. I guess the moral is... No. <laughs> well, like like Frodo melted the ring and got to go to heaven on the boat with all the elves. Like, right. They made arrangements for him. Yep. And Lyra and Will fucking overthrew God. Yep. And like saved all of creation. So yeah, maybe uh, meet him halfway, you assholes. And also the fact that they don't get like the implication that if they were together that they wouldn't be able to do their work. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that one either. Why yeah. not? Well, and what their work is supposed to be is so, like, Nebulous. Yeah, yeah, like, you have to uh, make sure that everyone will be kind to each other. Yeah. And this and that. And then Lyra, it's in that scene, and Lyra is like, oh, we, we can't do this. And the, the, what she was saying is what we can't do is we can't uh, leave a door open because of the land of the dead. But mm-hmm. I was thinking of, oh, we can't do this because... That's not a thing that is actually possible. Right. What is this Star Trek? Right. Bullshit. That's what I also thought she was saying at that point. Like, I, because the preceding section of the conversation, Will is like, oh, can we leave just one door open? And the angel's like, you can if you teach everyone to be amazing all the time. So I thought Lyra was going to be like, well, we can't do that, so there, we won't be able to even out the loss of dust, so we have to accept mm-hmm. that humanity is just not, you know, good enough, basically, to keep the doors open and compensate. 
But instead, she's just like, oh, well, we can do that. What we can't do is close the door of the dead. And they even say that every time a hole is open but it is immediately closed, it doesn't do that much damage. Mm -hmm. It's just that it makes a specter. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that bugged me at first. But, like, as I read more through it, I've kind of accepted it. Like, it's a little bit of a, uh, not cliche, but trite not trite but you know like it's all a little convenient it all falls into place and oh nope you definitely can't stay together because that's how the story has to end for it to have this kind of bittersweet ending yeah and i um like i said i thought that it was kind of it was like kind of mature for them to have to set aside something that they had just discovered that meant so much to them in order to move on it just really felt like there were parts of this that (laughs) For example, there's a moment where Zephania is like, oh, you will be able to, like, move through and see each other using a combination of, like, imagination and um, there's another word that she uses. And Will is like, how do we do that? And she says, well, there's a friend of yours that knows how to do this already and he will teach you. And Will wasn't, it says in the text, Will wasn't in the mood to ask. Yeah, and I don't even know who they can possibly be. I don't about. either. Like, is it meant to be his mother who's schizophrenic? Do you think? I don't know. Like, or that guy that he killed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or it's or the ghost of Liam Neeson. After all, BT Dubs. What if fucking Will ran into the guy he killed in the Land of the Dead? That would have been cool. It would have been. Yeah. Um. And it was. Uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking of when. Uh, Kevin McAllister runs into the Wet Bandits in New York. <laughs> just like so, I just imagined it be uh, what's his name Stern, ha- uh, uh, ha- Harry Stern. Harry Stern. No, he's Merv Stern. Yeah. Stern. I don't got it. I don't yeah. got it. I'm uh, like just trying yeah. to skip Harry all. from Harry from uh, from Home Alone. Yeah. No, that's Marv from Home Alone. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Harry's um, the short guy. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I, uh, so yeah, I have mixed feelings on this ending in summary. I like where he was going with it. I I just wish that it had been delivered in a more like, not just satisfying, but that there weren't so many holes in it. It felt like. Yeah. And opportunities to just, you know, I, and, and I understand too, you don't want your whole last chapter to be the characters being told that they have like this absolute and them trying to bargain their way out of it. I appreciated that they tried to bargain as much as they did. Yeah. And that there were as many explanations as there were, but it could have been a little tighter. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it could have been just as simple as the knife, like just by existing is doing some kind of damage or something like that. True. Like you, they, I feel like it could have been a little bit more to it. Yeah. So they both go back and and Mary Malone is going to go home again, even though with being with the Mulefa, she says, is like one of the happiest periods of her entire life. Well, we didn't talk about uh, the demons take their final form. Right. And they touch each other's demons and it's kind of weird. Did you think so? I thought thought that was sweet. A little awkward. You're you're complaining about the, uh, about everything, about them having to separate the way they do. I have a little bit of a hard time not rolling my eyes about these 12-year-olds that are 
in this deep, deep love. You know, it's yeah, I like forget you, how young they're supposed to be. It's kind of like when you read Romeo and Juliet as an adult and you're just like, oh, f- shut the fuck up. Well, it's one of those things that like you can look at it from and know as an adult that you're going to have other loves. And even Lyra says that to Will is right. like, well, if we meet other people that we like and we decide to get married, let's not let's be kind to them and not compare them and wish we could be married to each other, which I like that she's even acknowledges that that's a possibility instead of just being like, I'll never love anyone but you. But when you are in that, like my first love, I was 14. That shit was real as fuck. Like I, my heart felt like it was ripped out a couple times with that. So I do get what you mean, but I think back to what it was like. And that was real, Mm -hmm. even though I was a kid. Right. So, yeah, no, like, it actually works for me way more than I expect it to. It's only when I, like, stand back and think about it that I'm like, yeah, but... And that's a reason why I don't know if it can work in live action, you know? Mm. Well, they'll probably age they'll them up. They'll definitely age them up. So, um, well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the they each touch each other's demons, and it's, like, such an intimate thing that nobody does that in Lyra's world. But then there's like this, once they do it and they realize that by doing this, they've each kind of set the other's demon. Mm -hmm. She realizes that probably other people had figured this out, which I really like too, is that it's this taboo in her mind as a child. You just don't. Yeah. And then to find out, no, probably lots of people do because they really love each other and that it's just different. Right. It's kind of nice, you know? Kind of like how you don't tell kids about sex because you don't want them doing that thing. (laughs) Um, um, oh, I'll tell you something I thought was going to happen, though. I thought they were going to trade demons. Because they kind of set that up oh. to be a possibility. And then it would be like they were with each other still. But then they didn't do that. Which they should have. Oh, I don't know that they should have. They'd basically be like giving up their entire soul. Yeah, but it's so romantic. <laughs> but then they couldn't do their work because they wouldn't have their soul Man, with them anymore. their work. That's, that's the part I don't like is that, oh, you have to... Make the world a better place. And I get that that's like the whole theme of it and everything. Right. But I don't know. I guess I'm way too cynical to think that anything like that can happen. Well, and it's also kind of a weird thing because like to move forward a little bit. First, they bring Will and Lyra to the botanic garden. She asks to go there. Mm -hmm. And she's really happy because when they get there in the center of the botanic garden is this bench exactly where there's a bench at Jordan College. And they make a deal that every day at Midsummer's Day at noon, they will sit there on each opposite ends of the bench and know that the other is there, mm-hmm. which is the best. And I love that whole concept. Oh, okay. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and even if they get married, they're still going to come there just to, you know, mm-hmm. which I, I just like it. You know, it's the kind of thing that I could, I could totally see myself setting up something like that, you know. It's very secret gardeny. Uh yeah, I guess it is. More magical even, but um but then when they part, Lyra goes back to Jordan College and she has found out before they even go back that she can't read the alephiometer anymore. Right. What did you think of that? I didn't like it. Why not? Cuz it's supposed to be that like, oh, she's an adult now. She doesn't have her childlike innocence about her. And that's just not something I appreciate necessarily. I don't think that is what it's like. Because the angel tells her you could read it because of grace. And now you have to read it because of... And she even says to Will, 
I was only able to read it while we were doing this. Uh-huh. And now that this is done, it's gone. So I think the angel is saying they gave Lyra this ability while there was this crisis. Who's they? Grace. Like, it's a divine, like, God. Don't know. So, like, dust. Maybe. The angel uses the word grace with a capital G. So that's how I interpret it, is that it was, like, you know, a favor, basically. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't feel like it meshes well with this world, unless it's dust. Because, like, dust is a thing, and dust seems to be sort of how things like this works. Mm -hmm. So maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's how, like, she says it to Will, and Will kind of, like, instinctively knows she's right. And then when the angel comes and she's like, why can't I read it? The angel says, you were given grace, and now you have to work for the grace. Right. Um, which, I get what you mean about, like, oh, she's an adult now, she can't do this thing. But also, it would have been, like, way too big of a superpower for her to just be able to go home and, like, do that. Yeah, but she's got, like, a crazy, grandiose mission about her. I think she needs a crazy superpower. But her grandiose mission is, I think, meant to be what everybody's mission is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I don't think it's, like, really grandiose. I think it's just... It's a very simple thing that she just needs to do alone as a person. Not relying on, like an ability to do it just by the virtue of being a good person. Oh, I thought that their, their mission is intended to be that they're supposed to like be these great spiritual human humanist leaders. Hmm. But I mean, it doesn't, that's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like they could have never mentioned the altheometer again. And I would have been fine with that too. Cause yeah. the story ends here. Yeah. And for us, it doesn't matter whether or not she can read the altheometer other than she's sad about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that and that that's what she's going to make her life's work now. But like at the end of the day, I don't know how much that matters. Well, and that was where I was going with this was like we're talking about her supposed to she's supposed to like help create more dust by making people better. Right. But also her life's work is to read the alathiometer again. Right. Which doesn't feel like it meshes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would have preferred it if the alathiometer were just a moot point now and reading it is distracting from actually doing things. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like the clinging to it of trying to read this instrument that's meant to like decipher the world instead of just going out and deciphering it. Right. Is a hang up rather than a, a benefit or a goal that she should have. Sure. But instead it's like that's set up. As the thing she's going to study for essentially the rest of her life. Right. Um, which I don't know about that. You yeah. know? Yeah, same. Um, I mean, it's not really that because Mary Malone has gone back to her world also with Will. And we don't really know what she's going to do. Like, she had been studying dust and, as she calls it, shadows. Right. And then she destroyed a bunch of equipment. And yeah, she's probably going away. to jail. That's what she's doing. She's like, we'll be friends until the day we're dead and I'll help you figure it all out. But also I might be going to jail. Yeah, she says something like, I'll I'll be able to handle it. But I was like, will you? Um, 
And especially because she puts herself out there as like a possible like solution for Will, mm -hmm. who had nobody to rely on and was taking care of his mother. Right. And she's saying, we can get your mother treatment and you can move in with me. And I'm like, I really hope you don't make all these promises and then just wind up in jail and he's alone again. Yeah. But I guess we're supposed to, like, trust that that's not how that would at, go down. At least this is probably in the late 90s when the job market was better and she can probably find another job. Because right now, she doesn't have a job. <laughs> she's unemployed. Yeah. Um, I do really love Mary Malone in this. I think she's mm -hmm. my favorite of all the characters yeah, in I think this so. story. I agree She's really good. I would have been fine if this story was just about Mary Malone learning <laughs> that she doesn't have to be a nun. Yeah, that is a good story. I, I would have watched that, you know, two-hour indie movie instead of reading all these books. But I like I know I was really down on this. And if you guys made it to the end of this, I really appreciate it. But I am really glad that I read these. Um, I would recommend people read them. I would not recommend the audiobook. And I wouldn't recommend reading, you know, a couple of chapters at a time and then, like, really mulling it over. Because, uh, yeah, I think going through the whole thing at a quicker pace would have been better. Yeah. And that's, that's not your fault or even entirely my fault, but that's just kind of how it shook out. Yeah. But this, this was a really good story. And I think the themes, you know, here we are nitpicking the details, but the overall themes are good. And I think that's the case through the entire series. Well, and that's the part where I wonder, like, because I agree with you. I think the themes are the thing. And I just don't feel like he had the story to really support the themes. Like, I feel like the, he needed to parse more of this out than he did. Um, but at least in terms of the ending, you know, at the very least, mm -hmm. but, um, I completely know what that's like to have an overall theme that you want to get across and not exactly have a tidy way to deliver that. Right. And, uh, I mean, I think it's the same way with Tolkien. Like Tolkien had some very, very big flaws in how he told his stories. Um, but you know, there are parts of it that are so good that it kind of makes up for it and keeps you coming back. Yeah. And I can't really speak on Tolkien cause I never really read the Lord of the Rings. It's the so I've never made it through them either. I read that, The Hobbit, which I delighted in. Yeah, The Hobbit is great. But the, the Hobbit makes me want to have children so I can read it to them. <laughs> I don't want kids for any other reason, so I won't have them. But it's, was, it's a very good story. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and was saying, like, the only reason that I would ever want to have kids is to do, like, crafts for the holidays with them. Right. And that's it. Literally the only thing I can think of. Well, our friends will probably have kids. We'll just play with those kids. That's, yeah, exactly. You can take them for a day, <laughs> get them all covered in glitter, and then yeah. just send them home. Hey, send your kid over. Let's build a gingerbread house. <laughs> um, but, you know, back to The Hobbit, like, Tolkien's problem was he made a story like The Hobbit, and the world got a hold of him, and he couldn't not keep exploring those worlds in increasingly granular details yeah and so the hobbit is good and the lord of the rings is pretty good and the silmarillion is unreadable yeah and with with this guy i think he had a lot of he he read paradise lost and he had a lot of thoughts and he probably read c.s lewis growing up and he was like well well a young man should have a C.S. Lewis of his own, but one that's much more atheistic. And that's what he did. And Yeah, maybe that is... Maybe you're right. Maybe it was a, like a very C.S. Lewis-inspired thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I didn't really think of that, but... 
um, having re-listened to a couple of the the Narnia books lately on audiobook, I'm like, oh yeah. Lyra is very Lucy esque in ways. Yeah, well, she's way more of a troublemaker. Yeah, she's she's a weird, uh, yeah. And he really like tamed her down once she met Will, which I'm not a huge which fan of. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is one thing I will say. Lyra gets less interesting as the books go on yeah. by a lot. Because yeah. Lyra's the best thing in Golden Compass. And in the second one, she gets way less interesting. In this one, she's barely a character. Like, she's asleep for half of it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and it seems like every time the um, the witch is around Will or his demon, she's, like, afraid of him. And then, like, anger or fierceness radiating off of him. And that used to be the way that people described Lyra, and that's not the case anymore. So it's like, Lyra was like, how he got introduced to this whole world and concept, but then she just became the vehicle by which we met Will in the second book. It was cardboard. Which, it's not even really the vehicle, because we meet Will on his own, and then he runs into Lyra. Right. But, yeah, I just don't really understand why he felt the need to pump the brakes on Lyra and make Will the guy. Yeah. You know? And Will is just so uninteresting to me. Yeah, he's like, they keep describing him as being really fierce, but I don't feel that from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I say they. He, the writer, Philip Pullman. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, overall, I really feel like the first book is my favorite just because it is such mm-hmm. a self-contained story. And it's so that's tends to be my feel on things. Usually though, is mm-hmm. when things are, are more self-contained and tighter. That's when I'm really impressed. Keeping things compact can be kind of hard. Right. Um, and as things went on, the speed with which I flew through this, this trilogy, the first time I read it, I think like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. helped me just overlook things. Right. And now parsing it, I'm like, Oh, this actually kind of frustrates me and not just slowing down, but I'm older now and have consumed a lot more media. And so I know what I'm looking for more than I did. Right. And I have less patience for things than I used to. Sure. Too. Um, so, yeah, so kind of a mixed bag. Overall, very happy. Yeah. Um, to be honest. Like, I cared about these characters more than I thought. I, I'm complaining about Will and Lyra, but at the end, in their last sections, I was, you know, it was kind of bittersweet. Yeah. And uh, Mary Malone is a great character. Yeah, she and, is. And uh, everyone. And I even cared about the Egyptians showing up in the world and having yeah. a nice little uh, Ewok uh, dinner <laughs> <laughs> with with the uh, Malefa. That was nice. Yeah, I was really bummed about Mary having to say goodbye to the Mulefa. Like, Mary, as she puts it, having to go home to a world where she isn't able to talk about any of this with anybody is... Well, she's got well. Yes, but... It just feels like she's got a kid in her life that she can talk to this about this stuff with. And before this, she had like this research that there was one other person who like understood and believed in it other than her. Right. I feel like she's just destined to be kind of a lonely person, yeah. you know, which I just I feel I'm bummed about because she really seemed to find a home where she fit in despite being the one that didn't fit in. Right. Um, well, she needs to get on Tinder. She needs to get herself out there, <laughs> buy her some new clothes and uh, yeah, 
Yeah, um, no, that's true. Like, at the end of the day, as much as I like Mary Malone, like, her arc is... She doesn't really have an arc. Like, yeah. She got involved in this stuff and found peace in a place that she has to leave. And then her last scene is her telling the much more dull uh, protagonist that she's going to take care of him. Yeah. And that's sweet. Like, it makes you really love her for being so selfless. But right. she never really got anything for herself. Except for uh, Malefa oil and seeds. Yeah, I wonder if those seeds will grow. That'd be kind of awesome. Yeah, I would. I wonder what the Book of Dust, because I haven't looked into it at all. Yeah. If that covers that sort of stuff. Like, I'm not clear on what it even is. If it's like a kind of world manual, the way that World of Ice and Fire is. Right. Or if it's a story, mm-hmm. or what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about it either. But, listeners, write in and let us know. And let us know also... If the content is such that we could read it in one shot and just talk about it as a whole, or if it is something that would require slower coverage. Yeah. And if there's enough of you that want to hear us talk about it, we might be able to make that happen. But like I said, you'd have to be okay with it being incredibly sporadic. All eight listeners of this show in particular, you guys are great. (laughs) Um, We haven't talked, I haven't talked at all on any unspoiled show about our meetup. That we did in oh, Orlando. Oh, true. Yeah. One, someone who was there, we, we met up in Orlando and we did uh, Universal Studios, went to the Harry Potter parks, had some cool food and everything, and lots of listeners came out. And even some of the hosts, uh, you, me, Rashawn, Maggie, and Alan all got together on mm-hmm. one night. Did we get a picture with Alan? I got a picture with Alan. I wish we had all, like, all, yeah. of, us, all of us hosts. But That we, was a weird night, though, the way that things shook out. So it was, Yeah, it was hectic. But one of the people who showed up was it Desmond? To this show. Was it Desmond? Was it Mary? Might have, maybe it was Mary. I don't remember. Whoever's listening to this and knows that it's you that we're talking about, I'm sorry. Whichever listener who so desperately deserves <laughs> recognition, I'm so sorry. Maybe it's Alexi. I could just list off everybody. Yeah, I'm like, uh, let's just name everybody. But, you know, if you've listened to this to the end and been patient enough, if you've been listening to this over the last year and a half, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I checked to see if we have any new reviews, but we do not. Um, is, but, the, is the last one the really bad one? No, the last one's from November 8th, which I think I read to you. That's um, my birthday. From Jackie Gunn, who says five stars loving this podcast. There was the, the one that was negative that was two stars, and then we got three solid five stars after them. Okay. So we are at 13 reviews in total. So that's pretty good, that's actually. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Um... So, I hope you all enjoyed the coverage, despite it being as intermittent as it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, my schedule is not good for this. And no. you've got everything else so regimented that the last thing you want to do is just, like, interrupt your, you know, your prep or your free time for me to just be like, okay, it's it's the three-hour window that I have to record this. Let's drop everything and do it. Yeah, the main thing is that when Owen gets free time, a lot of the time, I don't find out he has that free time until the day before yeah. or that day. Sometimes, like, there there will be days where all of a sudden he has a break. And by then, I have planned ahead what I'm doing that day because I have to. I have to basically get my week planned ahead of time and know what I'm completing. At certain, and I can't just, like, drop it. Um, even though you'd think that I could, but I can't. So well, it can be really hard to fit everything in or rearrange things at the last second because 
that's how it works with him a lot of the time. Well, and my problem is that I'm a slow reader. That's true, too. And, like, if I could just listen to it on audiobook, that'd be one thing. But I'll tell you, this audiobook, it's not even that it's bad. It just, my mind wanders during it. The The performances just aren't quite engaging enough for me. Yeah, it's something that I see people constantly recommending because it's a full cast audiobook like that Got good production values i don't think anyone is an especially bad voice actor it's just my mind slips on it mm-hmm. real bad philip pullman has a great voice but it's the kind that it's like the grandfather who reads you a bedtime story and sends like, you to sleep yeah it's very comforting but it's not doesn't hit you at least it doesn't yeah i think there's a real feel in that audiobook of everybody having been recorded separately and there's not a like energy of them working off one another. Oh yeah. And I think that is why I have been tending to prefer a single narrator when I listen to audiobooks is that there's they are entirely immersed in the moment of that story and so every voice they do is influenced by whoever spoke before and you just don't get that with a full cast unless they're recording together which i don't think is a common thing ever that's not common in anything yeah but voice actors rarely record together so yeah i understand why people recommend it but i think in practice it's actually not as good as it gets touted to be um at least in you know for me in the way that I prefer to listen, but yeah. yeah, I agree with you, and yeah, Owen is a slower reader, and um this is something that like I don't feel like you can read, and then and we've done it a couple times where we've read and then not been able to record that day, but I feel like it's way better if you can record right after you've read it, yeah, yeah, um, which I mean it tends to be the case anyway, but this stuff is so kind of dense in a way that it especially is true. Um, but you know, maybe one day you'll have a consistent schedule. Yeah. If we ever did something again, I get, I just wouldn't want to do a book because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking like two hours of prep time for me yeah. to read three chapters or so. That's which is about what it takes me. Um, or, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, being, if I really rush through it. So, um, Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you did this, though. Yeah. Thanks for finishing it with me. Thank you for putting up with me being negative at times and not being consistent at all. This is, yeah, this, especially when you consider all your other shows, all the other shows that you've done and finished in the time that it has taken me. Yeah, yeah this that's true. Been, I've started and finished a lot of things. Yeah, this was mid-2015. Man. This... We started this podcast before Fallout 4 came out. It's going to take less time, probably, for me and Rashawn to cover 16 books of the Dresden Files than it was for us to cover three books of... Um, this was like a year and a half. You guys have already been doing Dresden for over a year. Have we? I think so. Hmm. I haven't or, kept track. Uh, it would have been... Okay, you were doing Full Moon in March, so you probably started end of January. Okay. Maybe beginning of February. So. Yeah, that seems right. So we'll be coming up on a year. Yeah. And you guys, it'll take you longer. Don't don't insult me. <laughs> um but all right, guys. I think oh, brother. I'm so sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry if there's like a wong sound. I've warned Owen about hitting the desk because our mics are attached to it, but he's seated in such a way that it is difficult to avoid. You just put your legs under the desk like a person. Bad posture 
is my thing. It's literally <laughs> the only thing on my bio on Twitter and Facebook is that I have bad posture. I'm sorry, though. Um, so anyway, follow up. As I said, let us know about Book of Dust. Facebook.com slash Unspoiled Pod. Twitter at Unspoiled Show. Instagram at Unspoiled Podcast. You can email me at unspoiledpodcast at gmail.com. You can message me on Facebook, but the f- Facebook like page messenger has been really weird lately. And I'll click on messages and it'll just say that there's nothing there. So I recommend email above all else. Um, unspoiledpodcast at gmail.com. And what are your handles, Mr.? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lord of All Hobbs. I don't know why you would follow me because I don't really use it. Um, you used to. I did, and then I met you, and then I didn't have to use it anymore. <laughs> I already got my pretty girl out of it. Um, and uh, you can find Maggie and I's uh, comic book podcast, What's Going with Owen and Maggie, on iTunes. You can find the page on Facebook, and uh, we haven't updated that in forever either that's like on an indefinite hiatus but there are old episodes um i i actually re-listened to one which i do not usually listen to podcasts that i've been on because i get very irritated with myself but she and i did one on rogue one uh we recorded it last year right when carrie fisher was not before she passed away but when she had had her cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a tribute to carrie fisher not really but we talk about how great she is a little bit yeah uh, And Star Wars is cool. Yeah, it is. Um, All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much if you made it all the way to the end for persevering with us. And we hope to see you again when we start another project or if we come back for Book of Dust. So, for now, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Spoiled Network Podcast.